Hi, I'm Jessica. And I'm Ashley. And we're the Theme Park We were close. It was good. We're getting better. We're getting better. Find out more about us, our store, Ashley's Vacation Planning Services, and more at MainStreetInspirations.com. Today, we are discussing when's the best time to go to Disney. Ashley recently did a little AMA, a little Ask Me Anything, on her Instagram stories. And the question that she was asked yet again, the question she's always asked. All the time. The, right? <laughs> it seems to be like the top question that people have. When is the best time to go to Disney? So we are going to discuss what that means. So in my opinion, I feel like this is a really difficult question to answer. It's not a simple one word like September. No. Um, because I think quote-unquote best time to go to Disney means different things to different people. Do you mean, I think, what people think it probably means, what they're most likely asking is, when is the park not so crowded? But it yes. could also mean, when's the best time to be in Florida? When you know, And what does that mean to you? Do you like the hot weather? Do you like <laughs> the cold weather? I'm just um, thinking, like, do Floridians even like the hot weather? Because <laughs> it's right? so humid I mean, and hot down there sometimes. Right. I mean, it can get really humid. What about in California? Is there not a great time to be in California? Do you like being there over the holidays? So we're going to explore this. Ashley, how do you answer when someone says, what's the best time to go to Disney? So I want to preface this by saying that for many years, there used to be quote unquote slower times at Disney, both at Walt Disney World and at Disneyland. And no longer does a quiet time exist at either park. There are less busy times, but there's definitely not that... Uh, you know, stroll into Magic Kingdom and waltz on to every single ride kind of days anymore. Um, and in the last couple of years, especially, Disney has done everything in its power to make sure that there are people in their parks all year round. So I get asked this question a lot, and most people are basically asking me either, I would say the top two reasons they're asking are one, when is it the quietest, when is it the least busy, and two, when can I get the best discounts or deals on my trip? And I always have to tell them that they need to check, take that less busy time thing out of their brain because whatever time we pick, there is probably going to be something going on that could potentially bring in crowds. So we could try to find a less busier time, but there definitely isn't like a dead, no one else is in the Magic Kingdom-esque time frame anymore. It just does not exist. Well, I have to say that I was recently at Disneyland on a Monday in April. And at about three o'clock on, it was one of those magical times where you could get on the rides with no problems. It was, I remember it because I looked at my app and I couldn't believe it was a 10 minute wait for Star Tours. And it was only, I think, I think the longest line I waited in was like 25 minutes to get on Dumbo, which is unheard of. So, but I don't think that you can plan those things anymore. I think it just happened to be a Monday that wasn't April vacation, that was in the afternoon, and maybe people were at lunch and or, or they had left the park for the day or they went to California Adventure, but 
I just, I agree with you. I don't necessarily know that you can say for sure, oh, it's going to be dead on this day. Absolutely. And with Disneyland being a little bit of a different beast, you know, the majority of the folks that are visiting Disneyland happen to be like yourself, annual pass holders. So annual pass holders can actually skew the crowd adjustments uh, pretty widely because they are the folks that are coming in after work for dinner and a couple of rides or the families that are coming after school on a Friday. Um, If there are school holidays, you bet that those parks are going to be busy. So the annual pass holder piece is a little bit trickier to Um, kind of pinpoint what those crowd levels are going to be like and then with Disney World it is very much uh, you can kind of set your your watch to what weeks will definitely be level 10 um, on crowd calendars you know maybe even park closure status kind of things however all this being said once Star Wars opens the majority of these oh, yeah. these things are going to go out the window anyway. So for anybody listening post Star Wars, we will do a, we will revisit this once we have some better data to talk about the post Star Wars Star Wars era that we are going to be living in as Disney right. fans. So I think then what you can say rather than hey for sure if you're really someone who wants to go on a time that's not busy, then I would say instead of trying to figure out when that that not busy magical time is going to be, just understand that there are some universal truths, such as going over Christmas, trying to be there on Christmas is going to be insane. Not even just insane. I mean, if you're at the Magic Kingdom for Christmas and you're not there within the first two to three hours of the park opening, the park shuts down. I mean, Magic Kingdom goes through a certain level phases of closures based on the number of people to a point where they will get to a a level, a closure level that no one gets into the park. Even if you have a dining reservation, even if you have fast passes, I mean, it can get, yeah, it can get really busy. So um, I just always like to tell people, assume it's going to be busy and be pleasantly surprised if you get there and it's not. It's such a nice gift. Some Um, other of the busiest times of years, let's talk about those. April vacation. Obviously, such a great time to go to Florida, such a great time to be in California. The weather is usually perfect. Your kids have the week off. But look, you're going to be way better off if you can pull your kids out of school on a different week than trying to go on April vacation. So the week that we are currently now in that we're recording this happens to be uh, we're heading into Easter weekend. And these two weeks, this week that we just finished and next week post-Easter, happen to fall um, on April vacations for a lot of school systems in the United States. They also tend to fall, especially with the Easter holiday, a lot of European schools uh, close. So people are on holiday and the parks are bananas. I mean, when I tell you, uh, two days ago, I was looking at the wait times on Magic Kingdom, you know, at the Florida parks, and we're talking, you know, almost 300 minute wait for a flight of passage at Animal Kingdom. We're looking at 120 for Space Mountain. I mean, these are long waits. And although the weather is warmer, it is definitely more conducive to you know, wearing shorts and going to the pools and all of that. It also means that you are standing in these crazy crowded lines. I mean, I saw a picture of the Big Thunder Mountain Fast Pass line. This is the Fast Pass line. We're not even talking about the actual standby line. The Big Thunder Mountain Fast Pass line was out past Country Bear Jamboree. 
Wait, so this if you, is at Magic Kingdom? Magic Kingdoms. At Magic Kingdom. Whoa. So if you have been to Magic Kingdom and you know that that you have, um, you know, Big Thunder is next to Splash Mountain and they're kind of set back from that main area in Frontierland, that Fast Pass line went all the way down past Country Bear Jamboree, like almost into Liberty Square. So that's that's what you're looking at for April vacation. And I am always, mind, my mind is blown when I read things on forums, especially I just did today. There's a particular forum that I'm a fan of and someone posted and said, are the crowds always this busy in April? And thankfully, everyone who responded to this person was much kinder than I thought they would be because I I was just very surprised by that. Um, so yes, holidays, holidays are busy, Christmas especially, and April vacation, especially if Easter falls on this week. Sometimes April vacation can be, this week can be a little bit easier to navigate um, if you're not competing with that Easter holiday. If Easter happens to be really early one year or really late one year, but chances are, I usually tell people, if you can avoid the April trip around this time, if you can pull your kids out, you know, at a different time, do it because you're just going to, be miserable. I mean, you can you can do it, but you need to go into it with a lot of patience and really planning, a lot of planning, a lot of planning ahead, and also a lot of appreciation for your fellow man because you're going to be <laughs> you're going to be very close to them. I hope you like people. I hope you like people. I hope you love crowded spaces and it taking about an hour to get about seven feet because that's <laughs> that how it's going to be. And it's so, hot and people are sweaty. So just just keep your own preferences in check when you all, are thinking about this. All joking aside, it's a really good tip. If you're about a year away from your vacation, download that app. Take the, the Disney World or Disneyland app, open it up on your phone. You can look at it from your house. You can look at it from anywhere in the country. And you can see what the reservation, what reservations for food are available. And you can see what the wait times are. And that might give you a good idea year to year of what that what you might be looking at uh, a year in advance. So consider doing that. I tell a lot of people who reach out to me to help with their vacations, especially those who are, you know, a year out, a year and a half out that they're planning that far ahead. I give them the same advice, you know, download the app, start looking at those wait times because you want to be prepared for whatever is going to come your way. And it is a good marker for what you're going to experience when you are coming to the parks. Like I said, it's a great surprise if you show up and things are quieter. That tends to happen with worse weather, especially, I hate to say this, but for people who were in Florida during some of the more recent hurricanes, the parks are pretty empty for obvious reasons. So I'm by no means. Like you don't want to (laughs) suggest. Yes. I'm not saying, I'm not saying don't go during hurricane, but I'm saying if there is, if it's raining, if it's, you know, if the weather Mm -hmm. doesn't look great and you want a park to yourself or you want, you know, shorter lines, like the day that it rains is the day to go to Magic Kingdom because the park will be emptier. There are a handful of rides that will close. For instance, Splash Mountain generally closes in the rain, or at least if there is a thunder and lightning warning, you know, some of the outdoor rides will close, but you can get a lot done in the rain. Like Space Mountain is inside. So you could ride Space Mountain over and over and over again in the rain. So I usually tell folks, you know, if there is a day that looks iffy on your calendar, that actually might be the day that you want 
to spend at one of the more popular parks because chances are you might have a better chance at shorter lines if you can throw in a poncho. Something else that you should consider, especially for the Florida parks, is is it a race weekend? In our last podcast, we talked about Run Disney races. Those usually are very busy weeks. So if you've got a date in mind and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to go in December. I'm going to go in January. Hang on. There's always a weekend in January where it's the Disney World Marathon and it's going to be crazy during that time. So just make sure you're checking that out. If we're talking about the worst times to go (laughs) crowd-wise, you don't want to go during a race if you don't have to and if you're not running the race. Christmas, April vacation. Anything else, Ashley? What's the other? Thanksgiving, oddly, can be kind of busy. A lot of families like to use that week as a way to get together and enjoy the parks, as well as I've read, you know, folks will rent DVC properties and have Thanksgiving dinner and that kind of thing. So so Thanksgiving can be really busy. So any long weekend, long holiday weekend, such as Martin Luther King Jr. weekend, Memorial Day, Right. I'm trying to think, you know, any sort of long holiday weekend, Labor Day, mm-hmm. Labor Day um, they're going to be busier. It, it's going to be you busier. Went yeah. On a Wednesday or a Tuesday um, or something like that. But that being said, if that's the best time for your family, if that's when it works out for your work, then you just have to weigh those options. And if you give yourself enough time in advance to make all of the right reservations and do all of the planning in advance, you're going to be okay. And you just have to kind of go into it, go into it knowing that, yeah, it might just be a little crowded. So usually, at least in Disneyland, it's been said, of course, but like we were saying, none of this necessarily means anything after Star Wars opens, um, that January, February, March can be pretty slow times at the park Mm -hmm. in parks in California. That's a pretty good time to go. That being said, that happens to be the one time of year that it's not the best weather in California. You don't really know what you're going to get the rest of the year. I mean, it's not humid. If you've never been to LA, never been to Anaheim, it's not really humid. I mean, it can get humid, but not like Florida. Um, So the weather is generally 75 and sunny year round, but by the end of December into January, February, and March, you might need a coat by the end of the night. You might be in a scarf. I have pictures of myself on New Year's Eve. I used to go every New Year's Eve to California Adventure, and we're in winter coats and hats and mittens at at midnight in, in our pictures. So, you know, is that worth it to you? Do you want to go? Do you want to take your family someplace warm? You've, you've saved up this money. So that's sort of the give and take there, where the rest of the year, you're probably all set in terms of California weather. But if you want, like, if you happen to plan on going to one of the other parks that have like a water park, like Raging Waters, or you're going to go to Six Flags and go to the water park there, then you might want to wait until at least April, May, June, you know, to make sure it's definitely going to be hot. Um, so you have that weather to be able to go in the pool, but you know, some of y'all from Minnesota, you'll get in a, (laughs) you'll get in a pool if it's 60 degrees. So, you know, come to California in general, 
at least until Star Wars opens. What's going to happen, Ashley? At least in general, I feel like the parks in California are less crowded than the ones in Florida can get. I would say the the California parks can have, I would say they have, there's more of an opportunity for the California parks to be less crowded. That being said, the California parks are smaller. So when they are crowded, they feel crowded. The pathways are smaller. The amount of surface area you have, you know, to spread out in line is smaller. Um, You know, it's great. You can tour them in only a couple of days, which is awesome. But if they are busy, it can feel like you are just in a sea of people moving back and forth. Whereas, let's say you're in Florida and you go to Epcot, even on a busy day, Epcot can feel not crowded because it is so wide open. There are so many things to do and see and eat and drink and pay attention to that you don't feel the crowds at Epcot. Most of the time at Epcot, you feel the crowds based on the wait times for the handful of attractions they have that will obviously change again when the Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster opens, when Ratatouille opens, um, you know, the handful of new. I know it's so exciting. Um, All these handful of new attractions that are opening in the next couple of years so that will definitely change but like spaceship earth earlier this week there was an hour-long wait for spaceship earth like for who, spaceship who earth? waits an hour yeah who waits, like i'm sitting here like who waits an hour for spaceship earth but that's how busy it is so wow. you don't feel it when you're in the parks but if you look at the wait time you can see oh okay this ride actually has a really long line mm. and that is why like you said Planning in advance, whether you're going to California or Florida, is crucial. Booking, especially for Florida, booking your room reservation and room package the second it opens, getting your advanced dining reservations done as soon as you can, which is 180 days out, and then booking your fast passes if you're staying on site, which we'll have a whole other podcast talking about the differences of on site versus off site, but that 60 day window is crucial to your touring plan. California, planning out that hotel package as soon as possible, especially if you want to be staying at one of the three Disney resorts. They tend to book really fast because there's only three of them. There are a handful of good neighbor resorts, which are also great, and there's no knocking them. But if you want the full Disney experience, those resorts tend to book up very fast because there's only a handful of them. And then also, again, getting your dining reservations booked in advance and then making sure that you have max pass on your plans to purchase the first day of your trip or for the length of your stay so that you can get those fast passes throughout the day because that's the best way you're going to tackle those busier days. Yeah. And in general, I would say that if you can go to the parks during the week rather than a weekend, like if you have a set week that your family has off that like this has to be the week we have to go during April vacation, I would say try to plan the parks during the week and leave yes. the weekends open Yes, for I, staying at the hotel or travel or the pool. For sure. I see a lot of families who will do the Saturday to Saturday or Saturday to Sunday travel. So they'll leave Saturday morning and they'll get, let's say we'll use Florida as an example. They get to Florida, you know, somewhere between noon and three o'clock. I always recommend, you know, unpack, go hang out by the pool, go to Disney Springs, eat dinner, etc. But of course, the first thing they want to do on Sunday is go to Magic Kingdom. And who does not want to start their vacation by visiting the Magic Kingdom? I mean, it was the first park in Florida. Of course you want to do that. If you want to do that, 
everybody else wants to do that too. So everyone else who has flown in on Saturday to start their Disney vacation on Sunday is also going to go to the Magic Kingdom. So I try to ask families to consider one of the other parks as kind of their first step in, which I know might not feel as magical, but it'll be a lot more magical to go to Magic Kingdom when it is less crowded on Tuesday or Wednesday than it will if you are bumper to bumper with everybody else on the planet on your first day of your vacation and yeah. starting off on I that I totally foot. get that. I totally get that, especially if you're bringing someone who, like a kid who's never been for the first time and you want them to see the castle first before, you know, you take them to like Hollywood Studios, you know, you want them to see the, the castle first. I get that. Thing two is, let's say you decide on that Sunday and you take our advice and you decide not to do Magic Kingdom that Sunday and you don't, maybe you don't even go to a park, but you could spend that Sunday, make a dinner reservation at Ohana at the Polynesian or yes. at the Grand Floridian and then go out to the beach and watch the fireworks and listen to the music as it's piped in and to see it from that angle. Then go to Magic get Kingdom excited. later in the week and get excited about it and get to see it again in person. Um, and I always recommend, especially for first timers, to pick two days to, out of your week for the Magic Kingdom because it's just impossible to do in one day. So being able to put those days spread out through your week, maybe it's Tuesday and Thursday or Tuesday and Friday or whatever it is, just it makes a much better experience than going through the crowds on a Sunday and starting your first day off on your magical Disney vacation feeling like you're just going to be in the throes of the crowds all week long. Yeah. So Ashley, you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but I want to hear the answer to the question. Is there a more affordable time of year to go to Disney? Well, it depends. There is definitely certain times of year that Disney releases room discounts, dining opportunities like free dining. You'll hear a lot about free dining. And, uh, you know, there's other, um, you know, Florida resident discounts or military discounts, things like that. So those deals and packages tend to be in what Disney equates to the, the quieter or slower times of year. So for instance, with Walt Disney World this year, so this is 2019, and we are recording this in April, so I just want to give everybody a, a understanding of where this is coming from. For this spring, I believe it was from, gosh, April, late April, so not next week, but the week after, late April through June or July, outside of the 4th of July, there were some really good room discounts. And depending on the room category you picked, if you did a room and a ticket package, you could be saving up to 25% off your room, which is a pretty good steal. Um, if you have the budget and you've always wanted to stay at one of the deluxe resorts and, you know, that price point has been um, hard to meet, some of these room discounts make it a little bit more affordable. The other thing that people talk about, which I mentioned before, is free dining. So free dining, for the record, is not free, quote unquote. Free dining is basically Disney gives you the dining plan and you pay full price for your room. So yes, technically it's free, but you're not, we'll have to have a whole episode talking about the free dining and the dining plan, um, but that's one of the- I don't most... understand the Disney <laughs> dining plan and we're seriously going to have to do a whole thing. We're going to have to do a whole Demystify episode. this yeah. for me. But it is great. I mean, if you were the kind of person that you want to pay for your vacation and you know you're just paying for your room and your tickets and your flights or however you're getting there, 
and your meals are technically covered under the dining plan depending on what uh, dining plan you pick and that changes depending on the room type um, it's great because you show up and you go by the dining plan and it's free and it's included and if you are a family that visits often and you are a big family that's interested in food you love to eat you love to try new things the dining plan and free dining can be a really good way to save some money in that way if you're the kind of family that your kids are super picky ears and are literally going to live off of chicken fingers and french fries it might not end up being that much of a savings because you're going to be limited to the places that you eat at. So, mm. uh, and again, we'll talk about this on a dining plan episode, yeah. but that's one of the most popular of discounts is free dining. Disney releases free dining usually once a year. This particular year, because of Star Wars, they released it super early. So normally it's in the fall, I would say, usually somewhere between like September, November maybe. Um, and this year they bumped it back. And... We all in the travel agency world saw that and went, okay, so this must mean something's going on with Star Wars because they're trying to get people into the resorts in a time of year where they're not seeing the numbers come in. So um, that that tends to bring in a lot of folks. Um, free dining is one of those reservations or packages that is limited. So it's based on availability. You know, it is not does not apply to every single resort, every single resort stay within that time frame. Like once it's all booked up, it's all booked up. So if that's something that interests you, you want to get on our list, uh, wait list for the next year. We have no idea if free dining is going to come back now that Star Wars is going to open. Mm -hmm. I mean, Star Wars is literally kind of skewing a lot of things. Um, but that is one of the most popular times of year in terms of, of a cost savings um, for obvious reasons. Other than dining, are there do, do the hotels ever become more affordable? Um, do the park tickets become more affordable, or do they stay the same price all year long? Disney has changed to a price per day ticket model. It used to be that there would be ticket discounts or there would be package deals, and sometimes you'll see them on TV where you'll see the commercial and it will say, you know, a family of four for five nights has cost X dollars. Um, so there are definitely deals to be had. There are requirements for those deals though. So usually it's a minimum stay of a certain amount of nights. For instance, it's at least five nights or you have to have park hoppers or whatever the restriction is. So you are saving money, but Disney is also saying to you, this only applies if you're staying for X amount of days. So you have to have the flexibility or the opportunity to be able to stay for that long. Um, for park tickets, there sometimes are discounts that come up. Um, usually they are part of room packages. So rarely can you get a ticket at a discounted rate unless you are staying on site and booking your room and your tickets together, um, which to be honest, I think is worth the extra cost versus staying off site. Again, we'll talk about this in a different episode, but um, the benefits of staying on site far outweigh the cost savings you're going to get off site for most people. So that tends to be what you're going to find the most cost savings is a, is a room package or a vacation package as Disney will word it. Um, and then every once in a while, um, there will be some interesting discounts that kind of come up. Um, one thing that a lot of people don't know about is a bounce back offer. And bounce back offers are essentially offers that Disney gives you while you are currently on vacation. So 
while you're staying at Coronado Springs, you usually will get some sort of note or message from the hotel and inside of it will include a bounce back offer. And Disney is basically saying, if you book your next trip while you're here, while you're still on this vacation, if you book your next vacation with us and meet all these criteria, we will give you a certain discount off. It changes. Yes. It's not... Um, I wouldn't say I see a lot of people taking advantage of it because you obviously have to have the flexibility to know that you're going to be able to book your next vacation in the second, you know, while you're on your first vacation. Um, you also, you know, it's kind of usually has some sort of restrictions, like you're staying at a certain same resort or it's only for a certain time of year. So bounce back offers are great for families who have a lot of flexibility and when they travel and know that they're going to come back to Disney in a short amount of time or within the next year or two, but are a little bit harder for other people to take advantage of if they are in a position where they can't commit to a new vacation that soon. Uh, Most people are still paying for their vacation while they're on their vacation. So it's a lot harder to kind of swallow that amount. But um, But yeah, it's a great option for people who do know when their vacation falls every year or if they're enjoying themselves and they are like, yeah, we're doing this again. I see a lot of people take advantage of it, not necessarily families with young kids, but families with kids who are either in college or just adults a lot of adults take advantage of it because if you aren't worried about taking your kids out of school, if you are in a situation where you're just rolling down there with friends or your family or your partner or whatever, and you have that flexibility with work, you, that is a lot more, that's a lot easier to take advantage For of sure. that offer um, than, you know, worrying about where your kids are going to be. Um, the other challenge too, with booking a vacation out that far, although I always tell folks we should book your vacation as soon as you're ready to book it and as soon as Disney allows us to is anything can happen obviously between now and the time you book your vacation but the nice thing about Disney is Disney only requires at least for a standard package uh, Disney only requires a $200 deposit on your hotel stay or your room package so as long as you are traveling more than I would say, I think it's 45 days. I usually tell people 45 days. But as long as you're traveling, you know, you're booking your trip more than two months out, you have the flexibility of making changes to that vacation as long as you don't pay for it in full. So a $200 deposit, if you can swing it, is great for the peace of mind. And it also allows you to pay for your trip in pieces, which can be a lot easier to swallow. So um, sometimes I suggest that to folks when they look at that number and they think sticker shock. And I say, no, 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 like, we can book your trip $200 down right now and pay for it in pieces. The only time that changes is if you are buying party tickets, like Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party or the Very Merry Christmas Party. Those tickets you have to pay for in full. So, And they're non-transferable and non-refundable. So um, if you're going for one of the holidays, particularly for one of those park tickets, just know that that's a cost you're going to have to pay up front when you're booking your package for those tickets but the rest of it you can pay in pieces well since you brought it up let's stop talking about money because you know let's just pretend for one glorious moment that money's no object <laughs> and, and, and money's just not fun to talk about to be honest right? let's, uh, we're, let's instead of talking about money let's talk about the other times of year if you're maybe someone saying what's the best time to go to disney like you know there are some really 
extra fun times to go to certain parks. For example, Food and Wine Festival at <gasps> Disney's California Adventure Food is maybe the best time to go to California Adventure because they've added all of these extra booths, all this extra fun food, all these extra drinks. You can get a pass and spend your time just walking around and drinking. They have extra musical acts. It's so much fun to be in the park and that is usually in the springtime, March, April at Disney's California Adventure. At Disneyland, it's actually really fun to go during the fall because that's when they start to have the Halloween things. And if you've never been to Disneyland in California during Halloween time, it's so cute. They turn the Haunted Mansion into Nightmare Before Christmas, and they actually usually keep that open all through Christmas, but it starts in, you know, around end of September, early October, and it totally changes the feel of the Haunted Mansion. It's just something that you have to see at least once. It's so great, especially if you're a fan of Nightmare Before Christmas. I can't stress it enough. It's so much fun without making you feel like you're missing the Haunted Mansion at all. It's still the Haunted Mansion, but Jack has taken over and it's so much fun. The merch that they have around that time of year in the fall, um, the, the way that they decorate, they really add that sort of autumn feel to it, which a lot of us Californians are just aren't used to having or feeling. And you get the really best of nice. both worlds. You get the fall while walking around in a t-shirt. It's, it's like so it's, you, it's a win-win. You and can like have you your pumpkin spice latte while also being in 80-degree weather. Yeah, you can. There's a Starbucks right there on Main Street. Yes, there is. There is a Starbucks <laughs> on Main Street. So, you know, and as you mentioned, there's always the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, which is an extra uh, which is an extra fee to be there at night. But don't you want to see your little kid running around? Or, or don't you want to feel like a little kid running around and saying trick or treat and getting candy at all these extra locations? It's so fun. It's where the extra parties are some of the best ways to tour the parks. And I actually recommend to a lot of folks that if they are planning on going to Disneyland the holiday times, you know, in the fall for Halloween or around Christmas or Disney World around those times as well, that considering purchasing the party tickets is something they should strongly consider. Partially because the parties are super fun. Like you said, they have, you know, for Halloween, you're trick-or-treating throughout the park. You get to ride all the rides. The um, decor is different. They have different parades. They do different lighting, different fireworks, all of that kind of stuff, but also because it's a limited entry party, which means that the, the lines are shorter. There's less people. So if you're the kind of person that you could care less about trick-or-treating and you could care less about that stuff, but you want to get a bunch of those rides done, it is worth spending the money to go to the park just for that party. I mean, and I went to Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party at Magic Kingdom a couple of years ago. And we actually, I think we left early because we had done everything we wanted to do. We had done everything. And we were like, okay, we're good. And there were a lot of really fun photo opportunities. Yes. Um, I believe it snowed at night. Oh, definitely snowed during the fireworks, which is a fun fun experience. You know, again, you're in Florida 
or you're in California and it's snowing on Main Street. I mean, if maybe you're from the South and your kids have never seen snow. I mean, it's definitely not real snow, uh, but it's cute and pictures and those memories will last a lifetime. It used to be really fun to go to Disneyland during Star Wars days. <laughs> now it will always be Star Wars Day. Now, now every day is Star Wars Day. Starting, Starting at the end of May. May every, day is, every day is Star Wars Day. But yeah, remember when they did... I, I love that when they change rides up and do like an overlay on the rides. They did Hyperspace Mountain. And if anybody listened to our podcast episode one, that was my most favorite. I, I loved when they did that. that. That just really took that ride to the next level. I love when they make... It's a small world uh in disneyland and they make that christmasy because it's the best. in magic kingdom for those of you who haven't been to disneyland in magic kingdom you know the small world doesn't really have an outside anything but in there's like an iconic wall and you're outside in a gondola at the disneyland resort resort and they t- they change that whole thing and they add lights to it and it's so christmasy and pretty and it's just beautiful. So I I enjoy things like that. Of course, here in um, California, they're also doing like a get your ears on celebration thing. I've found that mostly to just be about the food. So if you're, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe that's just what I'm noticing. No, um, there's a lot of that now. There's a yeah, lot they... of food focused celebrating of things. And yeah. I think that that's Disney's way of trying to make every visit special you know right. when we talked earlier about saying that you know there used to be quieter times to visit the parks there used to be times to visit the parks where there wasn't some sort of celebration and now truly whether you're at Disneyland or at Walt Disney World there is literally something happening every single day of the year whether and sometimes there's multiple things happening at different parks you know for instance right now it's at Walt Disney World it's the Flower and Garden Festival um, which if you've never been is beautiful and uh, the topiaries are just stunning they've also in recent years added once again a food element to it so um, there are a lot of uh, pop-up food booths just for the festival and special um, foods just for the festival in particular the one that kind of takes instagram by storm is the violet lemonade um, oh and if you don't gosh. know what i'm talking about just go just look up the hashtag violet lemonade and now you'll know and you can thank me later and also they do a concert series called garden rocks and it is all of your favorite 80s and 90s like two hit wonder bands sister um, hazel sister hazel um, uh I yes saw- <laughs> yeah, right. We saw Herman's Hermits. I saw Davy Jones there. Like, nice. 13, 13 four, I don't even know how many years ago. Oh my gosh, it was like 15 years ago. And he had on Mickey ears that said Davy on the back of them while he sang. Oh and it my was gosh. A- uh, con- and the concerts are free so if you're going to Epcot yeah, that day we weren't talking about we're talking to a bunch of Disney fans we weren't talking about Davy Jones from Pirates oh yeah Caribbean, no we're talking about Davy Jones from, <laughs> we have from to the specify. monkeys we're talking to uh, Disney fans Ash <laughs> sorry I meant Davy Jones from the monkeys um, oh my gosh that's so you funny. know with the guy but anyway, who Marsha yes, Brady loves anyway. yes but, but there yes. are concerts and they do it for food and wine as well um, oh my gosh Eat food to the and beat. wine at Epcot if you haven't been to food and wine at Epcot that is 
epic. If you like the food and going around to the countries, going during food and wine where they add all those extra booths, I mean, that's just a really fun time to go. If you time it right, if you time your trip to Epcot for food and wine correctly, align it just right, everything will also be decorated for the holidays. So Epcot is one of the most beautiful places around the holiday time because each country in the world showcase is decorated you know, for its holiday celebration. So, um, you know, you'll see the the buntings and the trees and the lights and the ornaments and all of, you know, that stuff um, throughout the park. And so it is just a really um, special, different way of experiencing the holidays when you can see all of those countries all lit up and decorated in such a different way. And then there's also the candlelight processional, which they do at both. And candlelight processional is... If, if you are a very, if you're into Christmas, if you're into the story and the meaning of Christmas, Candlelight Processional is probably one of the most beautiful presentations, shows, performances that Disney puts on every year. It is just, it is, it is a bucket list thing if you've never done it and the holiday time is something you're truly into because it is just stunning. Mm, agreed. All right, so I feel like we've explored a lot of these different options of what best time could, what is the best time to go to Disney could be, could mean to someone. But Ashley, let's say, hey, next year, two, 2020, <laughs> here's a week at, at Disney in Florida. Here's a week at Disney in California. You can go any time of year. Your work schedule will let, will let you go at any time. When are you going? Okay, so Disneyland. Now, I have to preface this by saying I could be shooting myself in the foot because once, again, once Star Wars opens, this could totally change. So if you are listening to this and it is currently 2020 and you're thinking that I sound... Which is likely. And you're thinking I'm insane, I apologize. But I I literally don't know how this is going to go, so bear with me. For Disneyland, I would say if you can take your kids out of school, if you can go any time of year, my recommendation would be to either go in March or to go towards the holidays. And the reason why is kind of what we talked about before. You know, March tends to be, um, the weather can be a little iffy, but the crowds can be a little bit forgiving as long as it's not spring break. And that's an easy thing to look up and figure out and, and work around. And then the holidays, because Disneyland and California Adventure look so beautiful when they're decorated for both Halloween and also for Christmas. So if you can swing a trip to go either around Halloween time when everything's decorated for the fall or when it's decorated for uh, Christmas celebration, that would be the time I would say you should go. Um, avoiding the actual day of Christmas because it will be crazy. Um, and but, New Year's. And New Year's. But if you can, you know, the week, the week after Thanksgiving, it's usually pretty dead at both Disneyland and also Walt Disney World. Most people have... Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving holiday off and are traveling for that week, but are usually back in work the week after. So if you can make that week work, it tends to be less busier and you're going to get the beauty of the holiday season in both parks. For Walt Disney World, if you're picking one week, I would say, I'd actually probably suggest either after Labor Day or after Thanksgiving. I think the winter and the spring can be 
tricky with the race weekends now since all of the run Disney race weekends are at Walt Disney World until further notice. So they tend to take up all of the weekends that aren't holiday weekends. You're also up against your you know, March spring breaks, your April spring breaks, Easter, Mother's Day, Memorial Day, etc. But once Labor Day hits and passes, if you are okay with a little bit of some oppressive humidity, um, but <laughs> but also some food, the food and wine festival, which starts early and earlier every year, that fall time right after Labor Day is perfect because most kids yep. are back in school. So it's rare that there's going to be kids there that you know, you're not going to have that crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, there are very, really a lot. That's usually when a lot of conferences are happening at Walt Disney World, but conference crowds tend to not hit the parks as heavy as you, as you would imagine. So I always recommend if you've got, if you can swing it, that post Labor Day time is a great time to go. Or like I said, that week after Thanksgiving is also a great time to go. And mine would have to be, I would, if I'm going to Florida, I also want to do the water parks. I want to do Blizzard Beach, Typhoon Lagoon. So for me, I want to go in September too, because that's during food and wine. It's still hot enough that I can go to, I mean, you can go to the water parks, you know, a lot during the year in Florida, but that's usually my favorite time to go when it's like super hot and it feels amazing to be at the parks. Um, And for all the other reasons that we mentioned that the fall is just kind of starting and I really love Florida during that time of year. But yeah, after Labor Day and it doesn't usually seem to be as crowded. Uh, And then for a week in California, see, I'm an annual pass, so this is hard for me because I go all year. But I would probably still say Halloween time. I'd probably go in early October so that I could see all of that. That's my answer there. Well, Ashley, I think we covered a lot of uh, when's the best time to go to Disney. If you have any other questions for us, please leave us a comment, write to us. You can find us at MainStreetInspirations.com. You can find us on Instagram at MainStreetInspirations. My personal Instagram is at Jessicini. Personal Instagram handle is at HappyGoAshley, A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H. And if you're looking for Ashley's travel services, just go ahead and Google Ashley Berg, the Enchanted Traveler on Facebook. She's the only Ashley Berg, the Enchanted Traveler that's out there. I'm the only one. (laughs) I'm like Tigger. I'm the only one. And hey, if you see us in the parks or at a run Disney race, remember to say hi. You can sit with us. Thanks, everybody. 